0: Welcome back to Health Bite, where I offer you small, actionable bites towards healthy weight and weight management through greater mental, emotional, and physical well being. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Udim, and I created this podcast as an alternative to the noise to offer you knowledge based guidance in the areas of nutrition, fitness, habit change, and mindset that I use with my patients in my medical practice every day to help them achieve healthy weight and health. This week, I'm really pleased to bring to you a conversation I had with Ashley Koff. Ashley is an internationally renowned registered dietitian and the brainchild behind numerous nutrition programs, including the Better Nutrition Simplified program, which offers tools to make better nutrition simple and accessible for everyone. She is also frequently featured in the media and the author of several books. On today's podcast, Ashley and I talk about the definition of precision nutrition. We talk about what it means to offer personalized nutrition to you, what it means to your body and what it means to your mind. You may be surprised at some of the ways we talk about personalization and how mindset, including perfectionism, can play a role. Stay with us and dig into this wonderful episode where you're going to learn incredibly informative bites towards better health. Let's begin. Well, Ashley, I'm so glad to have you here with me. We have had such a long history together, and it's really a joy to have you on Health Bite. Thank you so much. Yeah, it feels a lot like coming home. It's good to reconnect. This is great. Uh, Tell me, you've been in this world of nutrition for many years, and I'm curious what started you in this In this realm, what drew you to food and nutrition?
1: Yeah, I think it was probably what was repelling me from food and nutrition that ended up uh, bringing me into it. You know, I probably thought I was a, by all means, I would have ex- said I was a healthy child. Certainly had the challenges that we all do of adolescence and other things, but I always had a belly and I, boy, did I have a, like just a really tough time with my belly. You know, that, those were the years in pretty much the eighties where you try diet. So you try dieting and do all that. And I come from a medical family, so it was really a lot of like calories in calories. Out, You know, and those kinds of things and nothing really ever worked for me. It probably got more aggressive, you know, going to college and I, I learned what some other people were doing and would try things not with any success, but just not finding what worked better for me. It actually kind of came to a real health challenges and life disruptions in, right after college when I was in Manhattan. Working in advertising, I had crippling panic attack. For the first time in my life, I had a lot of digestive upset, you know, and things like that. And and we know today that that's sort of the time in your life where a lot of things coalesce and and start to present themselves. But for me, I was just, you know, I I was trying, I would go to doctors and they would tell me, you're fine. You know, finally, I went to one who told me, well, it's probably my mental health. You know, I was like, okay, I'll go see a therapist who... You know again, none of this was helping me. Ultimately, what came about was I just was getting worse and worse down the path of trying to, I'll call it perfect eating. Like I would try, you know, I tried macrobiotics, I tried not eating, I tried removing all these different things from my diet, I you know, all of them and following plans that and books and you know, everything that was just out there and trying to figure it out. And Probably the worst one was this, you're going to totally cringe. Like when I I ended up meeting someone in yoga who was totally not a practitioner and She pricked my finger under probably a Fisher Price microscope. Like it was, it's so embarrassing. Took my blood and was like, "Oh my god!" I had one
0: of those Fisher Price microscopes. Totally, totally,
1: yeah. And she's like, "I think you have a worm, and you've probably had that worm since you were like 15, and you need to do this goat's milk only cleanse. So for seven days, I drank only goat's milk, and you had to drink 40 ounces a day. I know. Look at your face. It was. 40 ounces of goat's milk. She told me it was the perfect food. And I would pass this white worm. Well, guess what? If you're only drinking goat milk, you do pass white stool. So there you go. But oh, anyway, I actually felt phenomenal on the cleanse. It was like amazing. I was like, oh, my belly feels good, like all this other stuff. And then as soon as I stopped the cleanse and started to eat anything again, I you know, st- felt horrible. So that led me to a bar with a lot of drinks. And I ended up meeting an integrative gastroenterologist that changed my life. Who basically- At the bar? at the bar no joke i was telling the story about this whole thing people are crying with me laughing at me like you know the whole the whole nine yards you know she said to me like has anyone ever asked you you know did you take antibiotics as a kid and i was like yeah i totally did. no one's ever asked me and like we started to just like literally like question after question there and said to me, so by the way, your insurance will cover it, you know, come to see me, you know, whatever. And we went and had the best conversation of my life, which was really, Hey, this is your digestive system. Your digestive system hasn't had what it needed. You've been trying to fix it, but like with what you're taking in, but what it really needs is the support and, you know, sort of the repair work, et cetera, changed my life. So it changed my life. And it brought me into healthcare, really looking at it in a different way. And Ever since then, no matter what I've gone on to do, that story has stuck with me for two main reasons. If anyone is listening and they feel like they're a total health hot mess and they've tried really dramatic things, I've done worse. I've done a seven-day code smoke only cleanse, That's and I have incredible. so much empathy for like you know our patients yeah. when they're you know at that rock bottom moment you know in trying to figure it out. And the second part was there's no right answer in nutrition. This isn't about knowledge of nutrition. It has to really be personalized. And it really has to begin with an understanding of who somebody is uh, and what their, you know, certainly what their health history has been. And then we figure out, you know, how, how to help them heal. So that's what got me into, you know, becoming a dietitian and, Becoming a different kind of dietitian, especially in, at the time period, you know, for me, this was sort of the 2000 time where I was like, oh, this, everything has to be personalized. And that was really, you know, kind of what launched me into a different kind of career. Yeah. Which is fun and exciting these days.
0: Well, I mean, there's so many things that you said that I want to touch on and I, and you use the word perfect. And I just want to call that out because mm-hmm. we do need to come back to that. Mm-hmm. I want to, before we go to the topic to just share with some embarrassment, but I've actually written about it in the book. So, so people know, <laughs> but as you were talking about goat's milk, you know, the, the one diet that comes to my mind when I was young was this kind of crumpled paper, photocopied upon photocopies. You know, the, one of those diets that just get gets passed around, copied and passed around for eons. That came from a, a quote doctor's office, uh-huh. having me eat hot dogs, hard boiled eggs and saltines. Oh my gosh. And for three days straight. I mean, I feel like I just shriveled up into a dried prune with all the soda that I consumed. I'm just thinking about the hot dog. I literally, I'm like, right. uh, I mean, and how do people come up with this stuff and how do we, you know, how do we buy into it as intelligent people? How do we buy into all this? And it does it does bring about a sense of empathy because it just shows how, how much in need we are, how desperate we are for answers that we go against our best judgment and follow these absurd regimes. I also want to point out this connection between digestion and mental health and well-being. It's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast. You started your conversation talking about weight and, and weight loss in your belly, but invariably it went to nutrition, how you nourish yourself through digestion, and how that relates to your emotional and mental well-being. And that is such a critical component. It's like, I think we take it for granted as kumbaya, but it is essential to that piece. Even if your belly and weight loss is ultimately what you're trying to achieve, you cannot bypass the digestive and mental health component. Yeah.
1: I have cried with so many people in my office, men, women, adults, children, over the years, they're like, I have tried everything to lose weight. And I'm like, and I'm crying with them. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was like, because we need to heal your digestive system. I'm like, then we'll figure out, you know, I'm sure. And there are, and certainly even today, there are habits that I accrued in my early years that still take work for me to work against, or, you know, to, to work on or things like that, because the way that I was living to, you know, not knowing, you know, in in terms of that, but those are things to work on. They're not a, I'm a bad dieter, or I just can't do this, or I have no willpower, like everything that the media and the world has, you know, has said to us, you know, in terms of that. So that piece of that digestive connection is so important. You and I both have a lot of extensive background, also working with people where, you know, whether it's weight loss surgery or deciding not to do weight loss surgery. So it's been so frustrating. You know, I would always call it health gain, but I was like, Hey, before we're doing anything, let's figure out what's going on with your diet digestion, because no, there's not going to be a successful outcome in any of this path. And certainly for your your overall health, your mental health, as you were talking about your, your overall health, if we don't address the digestion. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that the foundation of everything. It's in fact, it's funny because I, I wrote a couple of books and and did things early on in my career around digestive health, and then I was really worried about being pigeonholed as a digestive health dietitian. I couldn't be any more proud today, and I would just like to acknowledge if you're working with any practitioner who isn't addressing your digestive health, you're not working with a great <laughs> practitioner on that part. You know, so these days I'm like it's a full 180 for me. I'm like yes, proudly like get in there, understand the di- your digestion, and be wary too today of some of the those digestive, because of how important we know that digestion to be, there's a lot of fad dieting and things around even digestive health. So, I mean,
0: boy, have we made a mess of getting and staying healthy. I mean, it it is, it is confusing, I think to the public because yes, you know, we have all this data to your point now about, you know, the gut microbiota and gut flora and how intimately linked that is to mental health, as well as weight. Also, the fact that our gut contains the most serotonin receptors, right? The happy mm-hmm. hormone, receptor to the happy hormone. But whenever there's data, there's also fallacy. And so, yes, then that also makes us more needing to be more attuned to where fad diets or fake news, as I like to say. And, yeah. I, and I think, you know, when, when people are confused, I think a good indication for me, and, and tell me if you agree... It's like if something just doesn't feel right, you know, you don't have to be a doctor or or a registered dietitian or educated in that world. When something doesn't sound right, it doesn't land right, it doesn't feel right. I bet on some level, drinking goat milk only all day, every day, some alarm bell must have gone on in your head that was like, this is strange, right? And so I think, yes, we should get expertise of people like you, and we're going to get into the kinds of you know plans and, and guidance you offer but also trust your gut, <laughs> trust your intuition. Well,
1: the interesting part about that is when your gut is, is part of the problem, I think it can be hard to, to, to trust our, our intuition. So I was so beaten up at that point. I tried all these things. I I felt like just such a disaster. I mean, I'd had to run to bathrooms in certain places or miss meetings or, you know, just all this stuff. Life's so mm-hmm. in, that I didn't trust myself anymore. And that is something that you have to learn. It was very interesting at the time I was in my early twenties and I was at a bar, the white horse tavern. And I went in and I took my goat's milk to the, up to the bartender. And I said, Hey, do me a favor. I'm here for a birthday party tonight. Can you pour it into a rocks glass with a big ice cube? Cause I want people to think I'm drinking a white Russian. And I, he looked at me and he looked at me like I was bat crazy. Like he's just like, uh, and I looked at him and I was like, and I, that was the moment. That was the moment where I knew I was crazy. Like where this was the crazy making where I'm like, I'm doing this. I was like, I had to actually see his reflection. I laughed with him. And I was like, yeah, tell me about it. I'm like, I'm, I just, I'm, I'm so desperate. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying anything. So there might be a moment where it's reflected to you or someone in a caring way, you know, may be able to say that, but it's hard to trust our gut. And then at the other side, and this is one of the areas, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about being, and, and so aggressive, if you will, and outspoken in the space today of personalized nutrition is that the what is being marketed directly to consumers that are is circumventing your practitioner. So what I mean by that is if there's an ad on TV for a test that you can buy or if you're on you're on Instagram or wherever and somebody's selling a supplement and it's just saying this is what you need or these kinds of things where they, it doesn't include a practitioner on that part. There, they've got great marketing. I'm a marketer at heart. I sold, you know, sugared cereals to America. Like the marketing is phenomenal on this stuff. I had all these digestive issues, and then I took this test and it showed me almonds were my problem. And now I'm not eating almonds and I feel better. Yes, you'll feel better for four weeks, and then you're gonna be that you're on to the next thing where you're not gonna you know, be feeling better. And so these tests and these companies that are selling a supplement or these others directly to you and not having a practitioner. That goes in and personalizes all of this Not with you and really gets in deep.
0: Yeah, yeah it can that's,
1: really, yeah. really be problematic on that part. And I think that's part of it where I have so many people that I get it, they don't trust their gut, but do yourself a favor and do find a way to work with a practitioner and I'm trying to make that more accessible today because I recognize that not everyone can find you or me, right? I'm not seeing patients anymore, but not everyone can find that the caliber of the person that's trained that way. So how do we help you find the resources that can be more approachable for you? And I think that is stuff that, you know, that, that we, you know, can certainly get into, but I I think it's important to not make people feel like I want you to be able to trust your gut, but maybe, maybe there's a signal out there that if you're not trusting your gut, somebody else is going to deliver that signal to you.
0: So tell me a little bit about personalized nutrition. What does that even mean? And what does that entail?
1: It shouldn't be a thing. So, nutrition should just be personalized. It's basically so. About a decade ago, I created a definition for better nutrition because one didn't exist. So, I thought that was pretty weird. If we know that better nutrition is what we need to get and stay healthy, there's definitions of poor nutrition, there's definitions of good nutrition, but no, I wanted like better nutrition, right? So, when we look at this and we say better nutrition is giving your body what it needs to run better today. While reducing or avoiding what can irritate and overwhelm and disrupt it. So it's really what watching what we put in for both the purposes of giving ourselves what can be better, but also reducing and you know keeping what can be harmful. When we look at that definition, we realize that's gonna be different for every single person. Now there are some truths that are kind of go across the board for everybody, Universal. like smoking. Yeah, not good for everybody, but at the same time, like some people it's worse for, you know, or these kinds of things. So we've got to look at within the realm of understanding, how do we actually help your body get what it needs? And that allows you to make choices. Like, yes, everybody will benefit from all the different colors in the rainbow, but I personally I really struggle with eating orange foods. So for me, identifying turmeric root or spices that are orange or finding a couple of ways that I can get in some orange vegetables, that's going to be a better option for me. Somebody else has no issues with it and they're going to have an easy time. And, but for them, brown is really difficult, you know, that kind of thing. So we have to, instead of having messages like eat a rainbow and just telling people to eat a rainbow or telling them, oh, green, kale, broccoli, whatever, we have to get in and actually be like, so what? For you, what's not working in that rainbow and why, and how are we going to solve that? That's what personalization about, and, and that really has an active component to it, which it means you, you and the practitioner, so the patient and the practitioner work together to figure out what your body would benefit from and then to work on how do we actually get there more often, you know, which, which takes work to figure out those choices and, and how to make them more often.
0: Yeah, it's very nuanced, right? Because to your point, the principles are universal, right? The, and the good things are good, right? But identifying, I guess what I'm hearing you say is the high yield items, perhaps, that people are challenged by, you know like what is right most high yield that you in particular are are having difficulty with and how you can implement that in a way that that works i also hear a lot again it's like this the same thread through your word choice even better nutrition right which again makes me think back to this concept of perfect or perfectionism can you expand on that a bit?
1: Totally. Well, first of all, I wanted to be perfect. I was, oh, was I a perfectionist? You know, I'm, I'm definitely a retired perfectionist at this point. You know, I wanted, I, I wanted to be Angela Bauer from Who's the Boss. I wanted to be tall, blonde, and thin. I was shorter and curly hair. Yeah, I, I know, like all of those things, right? Like, I mean, if there were so many pieces and you want to be perfect. And then you realize, oh, there is no perfect. That's an aging thing. Like, you know, we we, we figure that out. But when it comes to health in particular, there is no perfect. That would be a flat line. And that only happens at the start and at the end. And so better is really what we want to strive for because better, what I call it, better not perfect more often is what is going to get you to that better health outcome. So if there's no perfect health, there can't be any perfect nutrition. But if we want better health, we want to use better nutrition as the fuel. And very fun for those of you, you know, I I mentioned the whole market Thing, but I named my company the Better Nutrition Program, and we call it BNP. And that BNP stands for Better Not Perfect. So that's the constantly because I, I say it all the time. Like, and now I feel like these days, better has really caught on. You know, there's all these better. About 10 years ago, I didn't feel like people, you know, were, were saying that as much. You can find a better choice anywhere. I can find a better choice for me and make better choices for me anywhere—airports, drugstores, uh, gas stations—you know, wherever I am. And that's really what it's about. And it's also about accepting sometimes that we don't. We want to make a choice that we know is not better for us. That's actually the, just the awareness. I know I'm making that choice. It's not better for me right now. But I'm not going to beat myself up about it, or I'm going to deal with. You know, I, I have a plan. Yeah, might like any of that. Enjoy it. You know, do whatever. And that helps me in that, you know, to keep it from this perfect on off switch and better is really this nice nice gray, easy area to be in. So um, it should feel much more approachable. And one of the reasons I know it is, it helps us be much more successful is that I've seen, uh, especially with kids, when you help them understand better choices and empower them to make better choices in the uh, concept of making an actual choice, they actually feel empowered. They own Mm. that, right? As adults, we often need to deal with that inner child of ours as it relates to our eating and our nutrition. And so a lot of times the things that are successful in my work that I've gleaned from helping kids be more successful, they actually work really well on adults because a lot of what we're cleaning up is that, as I mentioned, that that, that kid in us on, on that part.
0: I think for me personally, and even when speaking to patients, a powerful motivator this idea of, of perfection versus not or of kind of encouraging people to put away their perfectionism is really the reality in it, of its inefficacy right i think yeah, at the end of the day yeah. right the perfection is the the striving the drive to do something well to be very effective at it it takes a little bit of kind of peeling back the onion for people to notice that when they're striving for perfection, they invariably sabotage themselves Mm -hmm. small and very big ways. Whereas better um, really speaks to the the reality that small changes have big impact. And we see that in medicine too, right? Like we may want perfect blood sugar for our diabetic patients, right? But we know that even 5% of weight loss Will drop that blood sugar dramatically. That's powerful. So, you know, 5% may not make you comfortable in a bikini. It should, <laughs> but, right. but it doesn't matter, right? Right. Because it's right. effective.
1: And I love that. Like, and there is no perfect blood sugar. Like, legitimately, your blood sugar. So, I, I'm on a little bit of a tear because now that we have continuous glucose monitors, we have companies that are selling continuous glucose monitors and programs, and they're identifying foods that are bad for your blood sugar. So the other day, somebody was pointing out in their social media how bad overnight oats are for your blood sugar. Now, overnight oats, certainly can they can be made in a variety of different ways, but let's just say oats in some unsweetened almond milk for the purposes of, uh, of this. And I was like, so yes, it spikes your blood sugar, which is your body just took in carbohydrates that your brain and your body wants your, the overnight oats are a great source of prebiotic fiber great they came in. you said nothing about the quantity it was just um, oh g- a general statement so I can put a quarter of a cup in there or I could put two cups in there there's a big difference you know in terms of my blood sugar and a bump in my blood sugar there is going to be you know it is going to be what my body needs to perform in, what, in whatever I'm, I'm doing now would I have that at 10 o'clock? At night? Absolutely not. And then it's a question of like, am I having unprotected carbs? You know, so what am I having with the, the overnight oats? Yeah. You know, so my what, what am I putting in there? I like to put my hemp seeds and I like to put some cacao, you know, all these things that they were saying, like, have all of that, but don't have the oats. Like they were doing the no oats, you know, option. And I was like, this could not be a more stupid message for the majority of people that are out there, and it's all courtesy of this, you know, continuous glucose monitor company. And those are the messages that lead us into so much trouble with that concept of let's all strive for a perfect, what do you want? A perfect flat line. Great. So if your blood sugar never goes up, like you're constantly at like a 70 or an eight, whatever it is on that part, I'd like to see how you're living your life. Like I, I don't, I, I, I personally want, nobody wants to be around me. If that was me, it wouldn't work you know, for the way that I want to live my life. And, and I more think that importantly,
0: that's it's not even necessary. Yeah. Right? And it's like d- it's, it's dumb.
1: Enough. Yeah. It, it's literally dumb. And I think we also, have to be conscious of in this time of tremendous financial stress overnight oats are one of the cheapest ways forget about all the other supplements for your digestive health and all these other things look at what you could do there yeah like add some you know add some other balancing nutrients in and enjoy it and look at what you could you know accomplish so the whole point of it stupid in that part and and perfected and in the name of perfection you know just like we see on social media in that part we're driving people bonkers and we're driving them you know I use the term infobesity we're taking all this information in we've got it going in our heads and we're feeling like we have to be perfect we have to know everything about nutrition all these other things and our bodies are just totally rebelling we have more cases of autoimmune disease more cases of you know stress related disorders and things like that and it's just If we just focused on what's a better choice for you today, a better amount, a better frequency, a better balance, you know, whatever it is that would actually help you, you know, get those better results. And I actually, there's a colleague of ours who will go nameless in this. I was working in the office and I would hear day in and day out. My patients who had gone, had bariatric surgery would go in and see the person and would come out inevitably, whether they had been progressing well or, you know, small, small amounts of weight loss, significant amount of weight loss. Everybody was just sad after their appointment. And I'm like, I was trying to figure this out. And I I finally said, can I sit in on your, like, I'm like, what's the sadness? I was getting some stuff coming back to me, but I want to understand it. And every single one, it started off every single session without even looking at the person, looking at the number um, and noting their BMI and just coming in and being like, well, you're not at your BMI yet you know, we're going to like, and it would just always start off like that. And I was like, you have no idea what this person, the accomplishments, what they have actually done better in their lives as a part of this. And so I think that's the other part of healthcare. I think we've got to celebrate the work, the better moves, as you said, the 5% that people are making, uh, rather than looking at some arbitrary, and you and I know how useless BMI is, like some arbitrary number that's their perfect standard of where you should arrive to. And you know, that's,
0: we just create you know, too many
1: problems. You know, yeah. I mean,
0: This is such an interesting point to me because all of these metrics and parameters, you know, I, I feel like to your point, the way that they've been used, right. The way that they've been commercialized and used is really the problem. Yeah. I think, you know, we could use blood sugar measurements. We could mm-hmm. use BMI's. We could use these metrics as some marker, as data, as a data point, but when we use it as like the end all be all or the isolated metric or, or give it so much more meaning that it really deserves, then you strip all meaning. Right. Right. I mean, I wish yeah. we could yeah. use these metrics in a way that would aid our understanding rather than, you know, be all the way at this end of the pendulum where we think it is the most important versus completely obsolete. Right. And yeah. that's what we do is that we, I, I wanted to not use the word bastardize, but I can't think yeah. of another word, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and as a result, we don't have these metrics at our disposal to be used in the proper way. Right. I wonder, I mean, I think I understand the answers to this based on what you've already said, but how are you data collecting from your clients? Um, what metrics are you using? You know, Is there anything that is of utility in the big picture for you?
1: Well, and it, it, that could like that was the perfect tee up to like just be a publicist for my work uh you know for my company but the reason that I created the tools that I've created and ultimately have brought them to practitioners and patients is because this stuff didn't exist. So I mentioned things like the rainbow and this, by the way, is totally free. So I just want to let everybody know that I, it really bothered me that we were, that the messaging out there was eat a rainbow. And I was like, no, actually what we need to do is help people see what they're not, when they're not getting in, in the rainbow, what color are you not getting in? Or are you maybe mono eating a color or like, you know, what's going on with your rainbow, right? Instead of just hammering to people, eat a rainbow, eat a rainbow. So I created a quiz that is a rainbow evaluation that if you can, and it's super fun for family. So I love that part. I'm competitive. And so, you know, I have people like um, do these competitions for like, did you get your rainbow in and who can eat it fat, you know, get complete their rainbow faster, et cetera. You can actually see, and embarrassingly just revealing everything here to you all today, but when I first did it, and this was only a couple of years ago, as a twenty-something-plus-year practitioner, I goose egged the orange, and I like—I knew I wasn't good at getting an orange, but I was like, "Oh, come on now!" I legit did not get in any orange in the last week, like nothing. And I care about my skin, I care about my eye health, I certainly care about my immune health, of my hormones. Like, I got it. what am I going to do for orange? And so that was actually something that I, Ashley Kauf RD, started working with my coach on how am I going to get an orange part of it was I made a deal with myself to put orange on the grocery list so I was like I got to get one thing that's orange every time I go to the grocery store part of it was I brought my turmeric spice out instead of it being on the second shelf it's now sits out in front another one better not perfect I also have a supplement that so that when I'm traveling or if I just know I'm not getting it's my turmeric glucoraphanin supplement and I like that And so I, have been troubleshooting this and you know what, it takes work in the, in the winter, finding orange is much harder for me than, you know, finding orange in the summer. What I'm doing now is so much more important for my health personally than if anyone had told me to eat a rainbow or uh, about all the benefits of the colors or, you know, how great water is for me or whatever, got to have tools that help us assess and actually show it to us. That's what we've created. We have things like a magnesium evaluation. So you can actually see, am I eating enough magnesium? Yes, labs are helpful, but labs are a snapshot in a moment. And a a qualified practitioner is going to be able to use those to get part of the story but the better practitioner is going to use those labs and a tool like say an iron evaluation to look at okay your iron is trending low why might your iron be trending low what's going on with your you know what's going on with your your supplements what's going on with your food what's going on with your menstrual cycle what's going on with your workouts and we as practitioners don't have time to ask you all of those questions or even remember In that moment so in creating these tools that can be easily done and you know for me i've been a patient too like i like to fill some of these things out at home instead of in the office whatever you know and i'm able to do that and then we took it one step further and created programs so that if you identify that you're not getting in your rainbow you can actually do the rainbow challenge program or you could do the sweet taste bud reset or you can do some of these in a way that helps you experiment working with coaches helps you to move those those choices forward but I like we said, and one of our programs is a CGM program developed specifically a continuous glucose monitor, mm-hmm. because we should use those tools in a better way. I haven't found a better way to use BMI unless I'm looking at data for like massive data, but on a personalized level, I haven't really found a great way to use BMI. See a continuous glucose monitor. I want to be really clear. There are 40 plus factors that affect their blood sugar. So we should be tracking that, and but we need to be tracking and understanding how all those things are impacting it, and not just saying like, "Oh, I need to lower my carbs or get rid of carbs," because we don't need a CGM, you know, for that part. That, I do think we needed better tools, um, and that was really what brought me to, you know, to turn around and say, "Hey, as a practitioner, my legacy—I want my legacy to be that people don't go on those goat's milk cleanses, and the way they're not going to go on those goat's milk cleanses uh, or those crumpled paper ones that you were talking about is." If they and their practitioner can gather the data in a more effective way, they're going to be able to see what what those um, better wins are for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I really that is what personalized is, right? Mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. to utilize information to create small change that is impactful over time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you see it all the time. I mean, you know that I would imagine when you're working with patients, it's like you have the same training, the same information, but it's how do you apply it to each individual, right? That that makes a that is really what gives somebody lift off. And and sometimes we don't, we don't hit it. We don't knock it out of the park with the first suggestion. So it's good to have something that we can, you know, keep working with
0: them on. For the practitioner, better for the practitioner, as well as better for the, for the individual. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this has been so wonderful. So if people are are keen to this message and want to learn more about the Better Nutrition Program and Precision Nutrition. How do they hear about you? How do they learn more about you?
1: You know, I'll certainly be, you can share my information. So we're the Better Nutrition Program, kind of wherever you find us, social media, on our website. Uh, We do, I really believe wholeheartedly in supporting the practitioner-patient collaboration. So we like to have our programs and our tools offered through practitioners for patients, but if you're a, a person and you're not a practitioner and you want to come in, we can either connect with your practitioner and share, you know, this uh, what we have and, and how we can support that, or we can connect you with a practitioner that would be able to support you in that capacity. So uh, happy to share that. And as I mentioned, the Rainbow Evaluation, one of my favorites. You can hop onto our site. It's a free download. It's a fun quiz. It's a great thing to use any time of the year to sort of check in on, you know, how, what you're getting in and whether or not you're, you're meeting that rainbow. With your body needs for so many different reasons, right?
0: Yeah, now I'm curious. So I'm definitely gonna yeah to check that out and we'll, yes. we'll certainly put a link in there in the show Perfect. notes. Perfect, I'll
1: send it over too. to you.
0: Yep. Yeah, that'll be wonderful. Well, it was so great to connect and hear about what you're doing and hear about your perspectives that you've cultivated over the last 20 some odd years. Um, I love the work that you're doing. So thanks for sharing it with us. Thank you, so fun. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let me know by either sharing the podcast with a friend or sharing the episode. The more listens I get, the more I know that this information has been valuable to you. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to seeing you again next week on Health Bite. Until then.